0: if it had simply been a nightmare that had woken her. She spent the rest of the day learning her lines in preparation for the night's filming. Her usual driver collected her mid-afternoon to take her to the set for makeup and hair. He apologised for not being available the previous evening.
1: This weird thing happened last night, she said. Who drove you? he asked. Oh, nothing to do with that. I was in bed and this terrible scream woke me up. She frowned and leaned forwards. I don't know if it was the screaming that woke me, you know, if it had gone on before, but it was just one long, terrible scream and it really scared me. Maybe it was a cat or one of those urban foxes they go on about. No, no, it didn't sound like either of those. At first I thought it was maybe an animal, but I think it was a woman. Did you call the police? No, I didn't. Because it all
0: went quiet and I couldn't see anyone outside or in the back garden. I just went back to bed. In the makeup trailer, Amanda repeated the incident to her hairdresser. She told it over again to her makeup artist, and it brought forth a slew of stories from the girls about nightmares and how hard it was working nights to get to sleep. She told the director about how frightened she had been. His response was to joke that it would probably help her performance. They were about to shoot a scene where she was to be confronted by the arch-villain who attempts to strangle her because he knows that she can identify him. The film was yet another version of Gaslight, a Victorian thriller in which a young wife is terrorised by her husband, intent on frightening her to death in order to claim her inheritance. The script had been adapted by a young writer who hoped, with the use of state-of-the-art special effects, to turn it into a successful killer-chiller, its dark, foreboding style in homage to Nosferatu and early silent horror films. The director, Julian Pike, was only twenty-seven and with just one successful arthouse movie to his credit, so a lot depended on this much bigger budget extravaganza. The filming went well, with only a few delays. They were shooting the exterior shots in a man-made cobbled street lit by gas lamps that backed onto a massive hangar where the main set, with its remarkable reconstruction of a Victorian house, was standing. Tonight, they were filming the scene where Amanda, cast as the young wife, returns from the opera with her husband and alights from the carriage to enter their house, a mocked-up exterior with pillars and three steps leading to the front door. The door could be opened, but led only onto a small platform inside, five feet off the ground. With only enough room for two people on the platform, it was decided that the maid would open the door and step back quickly. An assistant would help her down, leaving enough room for the two leading actors to sweep inside. It was such a simple shot, but they had to do take after take to get it right, and Pike was losing patience. In the next scene, Amanda is running from the house in terror. She crosses the road in an attempt to escape, tries to hail a horse-drawn hansom cab, and failing to do so is almost run over by a carriage. There were rain machines and flash lighting to depict lightning. The sound of thunder would be laid on afterwards. As the fog generated by smoke machines became thicker, Amanda had to collide with the very man she was afraid of. Then she had to scream. Nothing went smoothly. The horses got skittish with the flash lighting. One take was ruined as the smoke machine made Amanda start coughing. There were altercations between Amanda and the uptight director. By now she was freezing cold. The costume department were having a hard time keeping the mud off Amanda's dress with its heavy, hooped velvet skirt and boned corset, and the ringlets were dropping out of her wig. Amanda and the director then had yet another stand-up argument, both shouting at each other in front of the entire crew. When the time came for the close-up of Amanda screaming, she was in such a bad temper, the scream sounded more like one of anger than of terror. The director yelled at her to try and do the scream she'd heard the night before. Finally. He called it quits for the night, even though he knew he hadn't got the sound he wanted. He told Amanda to have a good night's sleep. She would be wanted on set for the first shot of the day, and he needed her in a better mood. Amanda, with her usual driver, did not get home until 4.30 the next morning. By this time she was exhausted. The tight corset and heavy hooped skirt had given her backache, and she had a headache from trying to scream. She was also feeling chilled as it had been so cold on set and the rain effects had soaked her through to the skin. She sat, hunched in the back of the Mercedes on the drive home, saying little. Her driver had helped her from the car and walked her to the front door, making sure she was inside before he drove away. As he reversed, his headlights caught her opening her front door. She turned-